0: Somebody says, when are you going to quit? And I said, I don't know. The Lord will let me know when it's time. But uh, as long as I can enjoy it and be out there and do it, I'm going to continue to do it. I was the oldest one in 10 marathons last year, but uh, I wasn't necessarily the fastest. But the goal is not to be the last one. So,
1: Well, hello to you folks. Um, back with you, Jason Dennis, talking about Fitness and Faith, as we do on a regular basis here on uh, this podcast, which you can find all the previous – we're closing in on almost 100 episodes now. And it is the month of February 2022, which is actually my birthday month. So in about less than two weeks, I turn the ripe old age of uh, 46 years old, uh, feeling younger all the time. Right, running all these uh, different marathons and races, and uh, you know, I just completed my uh, 20th marathon in my 17th state. But that doesn't that pales in comparison to the guest I have on, who's also from Georgia, uh, on this episode, George Southgate who is closing in on running 500 uh, marathons. Uh, He's about uh, 30 years my senior, 75 years old. Uh, We talked to him about why he runs uh, so much, these 26.2-mile races all around the U.S. and the world as the top marathon runner in all of Georgia and, and beyond. Uh, he has a ministry in North Georgia. He's uh, been, you know, kind of spreading the gospel, especially to kids, for the last four plus decades. We talk about, you know, the opportunity as he travels the world and and the U.S. to to talk about Jesus as he goes out and runs and completes marathons in all fifty states multiple times. And his recommendations for you as well, whether you're a a new runner or an experienced marathoner. So uh, he also talks about uh, having a heart attack. At the end of one of his races, uh, almost five years ago. So that's a very interesting story. But before we get to George from Georgia, uh, I uh, wanted to give you kind of a quick race recap of my most recent marathon where I met George in person. Uh, We had talked uh, off and on for a little while because he lives a couple of hours down the road. He lives north of Atlanta. And uh, so we met there in person. Uh, we're both part of the Fifty States Marathon Club. He's a lot more accomplished than I am, but I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to gain on you a little bit, George. Uh, so uh, we ran the Big Beach Marathon in Gulf Shores, Alabama. It's about four or five hours drive for me, and uh, down there uh, along the the beautiful Gulf Beach. And, uh, so I had a great time down there. My goal was to PR, which to to run my fastest marathon. Um, I didn't quite meet that goal. My fastest marathon right now is 4.06.10, but I ran this one in four hours Nine minutes and ten seconds. So it just fell three minutes short, but uh, you know, still I'm, I'm very happy. of many chances in the future to to get a, a faster marathon. But I'm just glad to finish it again. A uh, goal of running them in all fifty states. This is number seventeen, Alabama, uh, the neighboring state of where I live here. And uh, So I uh, had a good game plan going in in terms of trying to have negative splits, trying to get a little bit faster as I went, and uh, just, just tried to. And The weather was decent. It was high 40s, low 50s uh, for most of the race uh, down in Alabama. Uh, one of the big challenging things that we all dealt with uh, the last uh, about four miles of the race— As we're heading back to this place called The Hangout in Gulf Shores, uh, there was these whipping winds uh, about 15 miles an hour kind of right at us. So it created an extra obstacle for us after we're already tired out there for three or four hours of running. And uh, you have to deal with those wins right at you. But no excuses here. Uh, still had a great race, um, had a great time. Uh, the medal, you get that, you get the shirt, some nice swag. And uh, there were some friends of mine, uh, one that I've met recently from Michigan, who's also running marathons in all 50 states, Kurt, and uh, also uh, Brittany Decker, who I've had previously on this podcast uh, probably about a year ago. She runs about a marathon a month now for three years now, and a fellow TV news anchor from Birmingham, her and her. Son some of her friends from central Alabama down there to run the marathon. So I got to hang out with them pre and post race. Uh, but overall it was a, it was a good race. Uh, I averaged about a nine minute pace per mile, uh, from miles five through about 20. And, I uh, kind of tried to start off a little slower at the start to, to kind of, uh, you know, keep myself fresher and, and not burn myself out. But, uh, once again, uh, those last four to six miles, you just get tired mentally and physically fatigued. And uh, just trying to push through, I tried to, you know, gut through, and my quads finally started uh, kind of cramping up a little bit around mile 25 with about a mile to go. But I really tried to push through that wind, I pushed through my fatigue and and gut it out uh, with the music, you know, kind of... uh, um, you know thumping in uh in in my uh, earbuds and trying to really uh make it but uh again uh big beach marathon, another successful one crossing the finish line in uh sunny uh, alabama and it was because, uh you know even though it wasn't that hot, you know forties and fifties. I had some white stuff on my face after the race and uh, a friend of a friend said, well, it looks like you got sunscreen on. Well, actually it was salt because what happens is if you sweat a lot or put a lot of effort in while you're exposed to the sun, which we were for, you know, obviously about close to five hours, right out there, no shade anywhere where we were. And uh, so that was me having salt on my face. It's losing sodium. And so I stayed hydrated. I had good nutrition. I took in about uh, 400 calories during, and, and the, the reward of burning, you know, 3,500, 4,000 calories, I ended up eating about 4,000 calories total on Sunday, uh, mostly after the race. And so uh, I definitely uh, got my fill, uh, got the protein and everything, the carbs before, protein after. Uh, so I ate lots of food and enjoyed that part of it as well, kind of the uh, the spoils of, of victory uh, after finishing yet another marathon. And our guest for run the race uh, this week, uh, the first as we start off February, is again George Southgate, who is very familiar with the twenty six point two mile distance. And uh, he's done it uh, more than 480 times now, which is crazy. He's actually completed more than 100 marathons in the state of Georgia alone at about 20-something different events. Uh, He has completed marathons in all 50 U.S. states. At least three times, well on his way to number four and number five times. Um, And then back in 2017, he talks about this story in a little bit in the beginning of our chat. He suffered a heart attack uh, towards the end of the Hatfield McCoy Marathon, which runs through Kentucky and West Virginia. It's one that I ran last summer and didn't even know he had a heart attack, got up uh, after feeling kind of a little faint, a little, you know, out of it and finished the race and did pretty well. And, uh, so a week later he finds out about it and he had triple bypass surgery to clear up blockages ranging from 70 to 80%. So, uh, pretty wild there. And that whole event came about a month after uh, George had completed six marathons in seven days in May of 2017. Uh, when he's not out there uh, running uh, all over the, the nation, uh, Southgate is the director of Gospel Ministries to Children of North Georgia. He also writes a column called Toby Says, Toby being a puppet that he talks just a little bit about, and uh, focused uh, to younger readers that is in the their local newspaper in Calhoun in North Georgia. Uh, he He grew up in West Palm Beach, Florida, before attending uh, Clemson University, where he met his wife, Linda, and uh, they have uh, worked in uh, missionary work for a while now, 45-plus years. uh, They're in Georgia, and um, they have two children and grandchildren as well, and uh, so they don't think he's too crazy for running all these races, and I don't either. So here is the one and only George from Georgia, top man for marathons in the Peach State i'd like to welcome uh, george southgate uh from uh, georgia george from georgia right thank you so much for joining us on the podcast
0: welcome great thanks
1: <laughs> and uh we you know we've kind of known of each other for a while now uh living in the same state both avid marathon runners but i got to meet you finally uh at least officially in, in person at the most recent race we did the big beach marathon down in Gulf Shores, Alabama. Now that was your—is it four hundred and eighty third marathon or four hundred eighty
0: one? Yes,
1: four hundred eighty one. That's that's amazing. That 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 is awesome. Um, so we're going to talk about your pursuit of five hundred and the ministry that you're involved in in North Georgia. Now, You're in Calhoun, Georgia, right, just north of Atlanta.
0: That's correct. We're halfway okay. between Atlanta and Chattanooga.
1: Right. Okay. On great. State. So we're going to talk about you know the ministry you're doing there and helping kids and and uh, spreading the gospel and just all the travels that you've done all around the nation and the world. But I wanted to start off with something. You told me this story when we were talking uh, uh, over the weekend and, and um, in Gulf Shores, Alabama, about a very interesting experience you had, you know, probably one, only happened once for you and and hopefully it will not happen again. But that you actually had a heart attack at the end of a race, summer of 2017. So take me back I've done this race before Hatfield McCoy in kind of Kentucky and West Virginia. Not something you would expect to happen as an avid runner like yourself, right?
0: Correct. I was a half mile to go in the Hatfield McCoy on June 10th of 2017. And uh I got lightheaded. We came across the bridge there, a little short bridge, and got lightheaded. So I laid down for a few minutes. Uh said, well, I'll get up to go. And it was still lightheaded. So I laid down a little longer and then ended up finishing uh kind of the last half mile. Uh, kind of walk a little bit and stop a little bit and rest and and finished and I had a EMT on each side of me as I finished across the finish line I finished third out of six in my age group uh, they gave me an IV because my blood pressure was low we rested for an hour or so and then drove six hours home from there and uh, so I didn't know till a week later that I'd had a heart attack uh, there was no pain involved and I had a 70 80 and 100 percent blockage
1: Wow. And you were um what uh 70, 71 years old at that point?
0: Right, 70.
1: Yes. So what, what was that like? I mean, you know, obviously, you know, um, for those that have run marathons or done endurance events, you know, there's obviously fatigue and pain involved with that. But this was this uh totally different for you?
0: Totally different. There was no pain at all. I was a little lightheaded. Uh Mile, the Hatfield McCoy has a major hill at mile six and at 23 and I kind of struggled up that hill but you do that anyway and uh, like I say, I came out to this point where there was a rest area an aid station to the left was the starting line of a half mile to the right was the finish line and right there was actually the motel where we were staying and uh, I got lightheaded so I just sat down a little bit and rested and I'm still lightheaded never any pain uh, so I got up and finished and You know, they're asking everything, all right, are you tired? I was, you know, tired from running a marathon, but no extra tired or anything. And like I said, there was still no pain involved. I just was enjoying laying down and resting, but uh, no pain at all. And so when a week later, when I went to the hospital, like I say, a week, a little over a week later, my wife suggested we go, uh, strongly suggested we go. (laughs) When they did the test, they determined, yes, I'd had a heart attack and I needed a triple bypass surgery.
1: Now, for, for maybe the average person, when they learn, you know, in their 70s, they had a heart attack at the end of a marathon. That might be like, you know, a sign that, OK, maybe my running career is done or maybe, you know, um, it could have caused it or a problem with that. So what do the doctors tell you? And did, was that something that was kind of a, a scare that maybe, you know, hey, am I going to be able to continue doing this, all this running?
0: Well, the, the issue was cholesterol and a year before my cholesterol was high and they'd put me on some medicine to try to bring it down and brought it down some, but the buildup had been there so long, I guess too many French fries. And uh, <laughs> so they suggested, I, I, you know, kind of watch the diet and I'd done that for a year and brought it down some, but it was still, the buildup was there. So the cardiologist did the surgery was the first one in Georgia have done the triple bypass the surgery like that. Uh, He did a great job. And then the cardiologist, when I talked to him, discussed there was no damage to the heart, evidently, because of being strong from running. There was no heart damage. So within five weeks, they let me start running again. And uh, just be careful as I built up running. So it was four months before I could do another marathon. But because there was no damage to the heart and the way they do the surgery now, it it didn't take long to heal. When they, They take the blood vessels out of your leg and replace them, but there's no no time factor there is an issue. They just, long as your, the, the chest wound is healing and they took an x-ray after two weeks, it was fine. There was no problem. And the cardiologist said, you know, let your body tell you what you can do. And I haven't had any problems whatsoever since. And uh, he's a adventure runner. He's a great man, does a good job and knows what he's talking about. And so I've run a good many marathons since then, still averaging 35 or 40 a year. So, uh, there's been no problem from the heart issue. I've had no more pain from it. There was no pain to begin with. And the doctor said, just let the heart, you know, tell you, do your body tell you what you need to do.
1: Yeah. Any secret to success to be able to continue running all these miles and all these races and, and, um, staying so active as a, as a 75 year old.
0: Well, like I said, I was always the smallest and littlest and last one picked. But I kept going and you can keep going and, and you see and when you've done when you've done a marathon that some people decide to quit easy and you can't. You just got to keep going no matter what situation. Uh, there's not really pain involved for the most part of the times there are injuries here and there. Marathoners, by the time they get and finish a marathon, I've forgotten what the injuries were along the way. But you just, you just keep doing it. You meet great people. You see great places. You have a great time. Uh, I did 210 runs last year, 42 marathons, but 210 total runs when you count all the 5Ks. So I do it. I enjoy the people and and it's great to be out there. And I've learned the runs, they don't call them races. They call them runs. You go out and run what you can and and you do what you can do. And there's a handful, I wrote an article recently that a handful of people when you get to the run know that they're going to win. Everybody else knows they're out there to do what they can do. And when you get done, It's not like, well, did you win? There's a, how did you do? And some days you do good and other days you don't, but you just keep going. And uh, it's a great opportunity to be out there, to meet people, to have a good time. You feel good. And I know when I haven't run for a few days, my wife suggests I go out and run. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you get a little uh, grumpy or, or, uh, or hangry.
0: Right. And uh, there's various things. One, you eat better when you, when you run and keep exercising. Your body works better. You have, you know, no... And, fewer problems and issues, uh, you gain a few pounds when you run, uh, it keeps your weight where you need to be, but it keeps you feeling good, keeps your system working, keeps your mind open, and uh, I enjoy, I don't use music, I enjoy the people, and when you run a marathon with, a, with several hundred people, there's a lot of people to talk to along the way, and I, the music you can listen to anytime, but the experiences you have, the people you talk to along the way, the things you see, the animals and all critters along the way, and the beautiful skies, you see the handiwork of what god has done and what he's built uh it's just great to be out there to enjoy that and you see places that other people just don't see or know about or or take advantage of and so you just keep out there going and uh somebody says when are you going to quit i said i don't know the lord let me know when it's time but uh, as long as i can enjoy it and be out there and do it i'm going to continue to do it i was the oldest one in 10 marathons last year but uh I wasn't necessarily the fastest, but the goal is not to be the last one. So (laughs) have a good time and beat people. I I beat 70 people out of 300 and something. So I was happy this weekend. Did well.
1: Yeah. You uh, finished first in your age group for the men, right? Out of what? Out of two or three?
0: Three. Right. Correct.
1: Yes. Yeah. Congratulations on that. And so we talked about more than 480 marathons now. Um, and, and so how, what kind of time period are we talking about? Most of these marathons have been run. How, how many years or decades?
0: I had done four marathons before the year 2000. So figure in 21 plus years, I've done 475 marathons. So it gets a pretty good chunk.
1: Yeah, that's, that's, that's a lot. So, so obviously the, I mean, I assume the next goal is to hit 500. Is, is there a certain game plan? I, I, I looks sounds like that'll happen this year.
0: It should. Uh, if it happens, that's great. If it doesn't, that's okay. I'm enjoying doing them. And uh, you you always keep my, my degrees in engineering. So you keep track of numbers. That's fun to play with numbers. But uh, I'm not, I don't have necessarily goals. And, and I've talked to people recently. Uh, goals are nice, but you go out and do what you can do. And on your job, you do the job you can do. And then goals help you a little bit. But for the most part, it's you're doing what you want to do and you want to do them. And if you have goals and reach them, that's great. But if you don't, that's okay too. You're still doing what you wanna do, you like doing and have a great time at it. So uh, actually go back to uh, a year ago, I finished a, one a marathon in Seven Bridges in Chattanooga, couldn't do it in Chattanooga. So they moved it to Cutter Springs, Chatsworth, Murray County. And that was my 100th marathon in the state of Georgia. And I had a fellow brought a sign, made a sign for that. It was a great great accomplishment. I felt like to do a hundred, many people have done a hundred marathons, but trying to do it in the States, not many have done a hundred in one particular state. So that year I finished the, the, uh, New Jersey gave me the, the finish the third time around the States, uh, It gave me a hundred in Georgia. And, uh, when they totaled the mega marathon list, which is people over 300, they updated twice a year. When they update at the end of the year, I became number one in Georgia, most marathons for career for a Georgia runner. So I got ahead for a while. I don't know. They'll catch me back. But uh, at least for now, I've got the number one marathons in Georgia. So it was three good accomplishments all in the same year.
1: Yeah. Um, And I know for you, you know, your faith in Christ is, you know, um, very important, uh, top priority in your life and your family. Um, So tell me about, you know, as you're traveling all around the country, um, and around the world, really, for that matter, do you, I mean, does it give you an opportunity to witness, to to talk about Jesus, and, and because running, I guess, creates for you a, a platform for that, right?
0: Yes, definitely. There are many opportunities to share God's, you know, what God's done, and what he's doing, and point out his handiwork, and to see things, and uh, I, recently in Hawaii, I was running, a lady came by, and, uh, she was going to win the race, but she, as she went by, she stopped and said, that's George and Georgia. We met in Ohio three years ago at a marathon there. And you helped me. She's a principal of a homeschool group for the state. And they were getting ready to have their graduation. And she said, the things you told me helped so much. It was a great inspiration in, uh, in sharing with those young people. I showed her a, a technique that you use in counseling because I do some counseling and, uh, here it was, I've seen her maybe three times, that race and another time and then this time. But she remembered that I'd shared the word of God with her and a way to deal with it and what to deal with some things. So it's a great opportunity to talk to people. You deal with people with certain problems and issues. And as you're running along, uh, you can counsel somebody. When you run with, in a marathon, you run with somebody three or four miles and end up somebody else three or four miles, somebody else here and there. And at times we, we run a little slower, Uh, to share with somebody. And sometimes you had to speed up a little bit to share with somebody. But it opens great opportunities to talk to people. They understand you're a runner with them. They'll listen and you can share with them and let them know you care about them. And they need to know God loves them and cares about them. And it's a great opportunity to to point that out, point out things God's done and to share things God's done in my life and where he's touched lives and shared with people. And uh, it's great to see God at work. And like I say, people know me that uh, they'll come up and they'll, they'll ask me to this is something because they know I love the Lord and care about the Lord. He loves me. And it's glad to tell them about that.
1: Yeah. And some people, you know, struggle with that kind of witnessing and talking about God, because maybe it's, it's awkward or doesn't really kind of come up naturally in conversation. And you're not necessarily like preaching at folks or kind of, you know, kind of, um, you know, making, you know, that, well, you got to believe this or you're going to, this or this is going to happen. So for you, it's kind of a, just a natural, just caring for others. Right.
0: Right. That's the way it works. It's, I've had people pretty much, and sometimes the question they'll say they're they're and essentially asking me to tell them about God and what it means to be a Christian. It doesn't make a difference in your life. And like say, when you run with somebody, some cases for hours, uh, it's a great opportunity. Uh, We helped in Vacation Bible School, and I was running the marathon. I ran four hours with this lady, and she asked, "What's Vacation Bible School?" And I was able to tell her it's a time where our church shares during vacation time where we share about Jesus and sing songs and tell missionary stories and things. And she asked me to explain it to her. And I had somebody else the same way asked me to explain what vacation Bible school was. So, you know, she was saying, tell me about Jesus. And I sure was glad to do that.
1: <laughs> and I do, I do want to talk about your ministry, uh, gospel ministries to children in North Georgia, a little bit later. But I mean, to that point, you were talking about you've got, you know, in a marathon for sure. I mean, you could be running with somebody for thirty minutes, for maybe even like four or five hours. And so it's an opportunity, whether it's somebody you know or or even a stranger, uh, an opportunity to have that discussion. If you're running kind of at a at a conversational pace, so are you? Uh, these marathons, are you running? Like, I mean, are you trying to run some of them faster? Or are you mostly just kind of just very uh, relaxed pace, kind of back of the pack? I,
0: I, run, I tell people run what's comfortable for you. Uh, when you, you did four and four days in Hawaii here recently, you know, some days I was about eight minutes slower the second day and eight minutes slower the third day from what I was the first day. So I was pretty consistent but you just run comfortable. And you and I say, listen to your body. People say, well, how do I run a double back-to-back marathon? I say, well, you just go out and run what you can run. And if, you know, if you're comfortable and run and go some days, 10 miles is easy to do. Other days, three miles is tough. So the same way in a marathon, sometimes you just feel comfortable and go and the course is right. And everything works. Uh, my times last year, varied probably 30 minutes from the regular marathon from the fastest to the slowest, as far as what I did. And, like I say, you just go out and do it and you, you're comfortable. You talk to people. The advantage of a marathon or any run, just a 5K run, is everybody talks. It's not like on a street where you, you know, walk up and start talking to a lady, tell her. There, when you're running with somebody, you're, you've got a community of interest. You're sharing the time. And it's, it's an easy open door to visit and chat with people. Where are you from? How many marathons you done? Where do you live? What do you do? And when people ask me what I do, I tell them I I'm, our gospel ministries to children. So they're asking me to tell them what I do and about what I do. So you have opportunities, whether it's on the plane going to the marathon or driving or, or on the course. It's very easy to talk to people. And once you get started, once you're a mile into the course, you're running with people running about the same speed. And you do have sometimes and you do loops where faster people pass you or you catch slower people. But you're running with people for a good while and and you're you're looking ahead. And the most interesting thing is I've got done and I don't know what the people look like. (laughs) You're looking straight ahead and they're looking straight. You don't really look at that person. You're talking to them or recognize their voice. But have to stop and look at them, especially now with masks and hats and scarves and all kind of stuff. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah, we ran together for an hour. Yeah, well, I don't remember what they look like because you don't. You're looking ahead and watching the course and watch where you're stepping and what's going on. So uh, it's very uh, convenient to talk to people and very easy to talk to people all along the way. And in fact, it's unusual when people don't want to speak to you or don't want to talk to you. Where are you from or what are you doing? And, it, and it's a good opportunity. People of, of all ages and like I say, men and women, boys and girls, teenagers, it doesn't matter. Everybody's friendly to talk with running. It's a good community to be able to share God's word with.
1: Yeah and you have a, a legendary George from Georgia so people know you and have seen you maybe at multiple races and and you also a lot of times and you did so at the Big Beach Marathon in Alabama wore the the jersey uh, the 50 States Marathon Club, which both of us are members of. I'm I'm early on. I'm I'm less than 20 marathons total, and you're doing you know that much in half a year. So um, you know, so you've completed uh, the marathons in 50 states at least three times now, right? I mean, is that Correct. something that you, you you keep track of and that you're um you're you're um have I, I like you said like it's like maybe it wasn't an initial goal, but it's kind of cool to to say that you've done all these states and all these different places, right?
0: Correct. Yes. And like I say, I, you saw at the meeting, I shared the, the Cracker Barrel map where you could really hold the map up, easily tell which states you've done and which ones you need to do and to keep track of. So it's fun to do that. And people do it. He said, well, I'm not working on the states, but you still keep track of how many marathons you've done and what states you've done and where you need to go. And uh, the famous cartoon my wife likes is the one that says, honey, I found a good place to go on a vacation. And she says, what marathon is there?
1: well that's the question that a lot of people may may have listening to this and that you've you know done almost 500 marathons obviously traveled all over all the time and doing so many you know almost one a week um you know you're retired i guess per se but how do you find the time and and also you know is your your wife very um patient to allow you to do all this
0: well i'm not retired we still do the ministry uh, right Kind of semi-retired, I guess you'd say, we're in fairs and festivals and craft shows. During the summer, we're pretty busy. So I have to kind of be selective in what marathons and where. And uh, my wife has retired officially two years ago. She worked 37 years director of nursing and worked in a nursing home. And uh, so she's gone a little more with me and finding out that it is a lot more fun and some of the places we've been able to see and do. And one of the first marathons, she had a friend who retired who went, she and her husband, they're campers, and they went and worked in Yellowstone for the summer and said, come out and spend a week with us. So I had to look up at the marathon, and we decided to go out and spend a week with them. And on Friday, we left there from Yellowstone. They were working at Yellowstone National Park. We drove down to Salt Lake City, and I did the marathon there, and then we drove home. So we were out there, and I was able to do the Utah Marathon. And it was a great opportunity, a great view from there, a beautiful place to see. And so visiting with friends it fit in with our i guess you call that a vacation and uh we had a great time doing that so we've done that in several cases going somewhere for something and and look to see and to do and and to run a race even a 5k or a marathon either way and that kind of thing
1: so she doesn't think yeah. you're crazy or try to like uh she quote quote unquote allows you to enjoy this uh very uh um unusual hobby i guess
0: i'm not going to comment on that <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, uh, but but it's it's good that she's kind of more of a uh, being able to to travel with you more now. So that's that's a good yes. thing.
0: Yes, the last time I went to the cardiologist to go annually for a checkup, and we were talking. She won't go with me now because he talks about which marathons I've done, and on the official record of my at my doctor visit, he keeps track of how many marathons I've done and where I rank nationally on that list. And, uh, a substitute fellow, he was out of town, and the other doctor took over and said, "What does this mean? You're." 88 the number of marathons in the nation i said well it's 81 now Uh, (laughs) he had to put it in the record he said he'd never seen that before from a a patient for a heart attack to do that so
1: yeah and and speaking of that you know um at at your age in your 70s you know do you have um and, and it could be you know sometimes people start running late in life or sometimes they're experienced runners like yourself I mean, what, do, what, what are some things that you do at your age, you know, for your health and for your body, whether it be stretching or, or rest or food or whatever else that you do or a certain kind of training? Obviously, if you're running so many marathons, that's kind of your training. So uh, how do you, um, how are you able to do all this? I guess, you know, um, in terms of like, what, what, if other folks want to maybe say, I'd like to, you know, be this healthy at this age too, you know?
0: Well, like I say, you just need to get out and walk, get up off the couch. As the lady announced before we started the marathon Sunday morning, she said, you know, you folks here are running miles. They're still running laps around the fellow sitting on the couch. And you just got to <laughs> get up and be active and go out and do. And whether it's just walking the neighborhood and they tell you that the walking is actually better for your knees and that sort of thing. And and many of the fellows that played football and had surgery and have tough breaks on their knees. Uh, runners don't have the knee problems that, that, other sports do. When you play basketball or tennis, you twist your knees and your ankles, you turn it back and forth. Runners are going pretty much straightforward. Unless you step in a hole or off a step or something like that, you don't have the ankle and knee problems. But it also controls your weight. And I found if I don't run for two weeks, if something have not been sick or something, that my weight goes up a few pounds. And it's not a lot, but you just keep out and exercise and walk. And, it, and it's great to see at the park here, we go out and run. To see people out there walking and then bicycling, whatever, family, and walking the dog. But the more people you see, it's great to see the exercise and just get out and moving. It's when you park it, you're going to run into trouble. And your body tells you what you can eat and what you can't eat. And same thing, what you eat before a marathon, everybody has a little different diet and different things they like to eat. Uh, But the more you exercise, the more you're able to eat various things and what you like or don't like.
1: Yeah. Well, maybe you like to enjoy it for <laughs> race, like a, a Snickers bar. I know I see you've got the uh, Albany Snickers Marathon shirt on, which you've, have you run that every year that it is, it's existed?
0: Yes. I've done all 14 of them. Yes. In fact, on the marathons, i have also noticed a Snickers fan. They'll ask me, how many Snickers shirts did you have? We did the Prairie series back in May and it eight marathons in eight states in eight days. And I wore a different Snickers shirt every day. <laughs> So I'm a big advertiser for the Snickers marathon and that's a great one coming up in a couple of weeks in Albany, Georgia, in South Georgia.
1: Yeah. That's yeah. it's, it's coming. So you, you'll be there once again in March, right?
0: Correct. Yes. And
1: wow, that's awesome. So do you, I mean, this is maybe like asking you who your favorite kid is, but if you've, if you've run 480 something marathons, do you have, uh, um, uh, one of some of your favorites or a favorite place that you've been to, um, You know, and you've run, I know, uh, more than 100 in Georgia, but any 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 ones like stick out to you?
0: Well, there are a number of good ones that that are around different places. And uh, uh, it's like if you ask a kid when he leaves Disney World, it's his favorite ride. He's going to name the last ride. That's the one they remember. (laughs) And I tell people, you know, think of several. The the Albany Marathon is a great one. It's some beautiful sections of Albany, Georgia around there. It's it's a nice place to run Uh, the Space Coast. Marathon in Huntsville, Alabama is great. You run through the Space Center. You run underneath some of the rockets. Uh, the Space Coast Marathon in, in Cocoa Beach, Florida, the same thing. They, they do it like you're one of the space guys. They count down to the start of the race, down, and when they do, they fog the street, and you're, you know, all the aid stations are dressed up as uh, the Star Wars characters. The Wilmington Beach uh, Marathon in, uh, in Wilmington, North Carolina on the coast each of the age stations are dressed up. They, they're run by the, the alumni from the different colleges. So one of them is North Carolina State, one's North Carolina, one's Duke, one's Clemson, one's East Carolina. And they, they give the award to the ones with the most school spirit as they cheer, wearing their colors and all dressed up. And those kind of things make it fun. Uh, Albany, Georgia, I guess I teased them after the first race, the first year the money goes is raised for the hospital there. And so they had each of the departments in the hospital take one of the aid stations. Well, you come around the corner and they're at mile 20 and the sign says, hooray for hospice. And the hospice group is doing the aid station at mile 20. Well, you know, a <laughs> marathon or mile 20 is where you hit the wall and you think you're going to die. And I suggested the race director, they put hospice somewhere else other than mile 20. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't realize that to a runner, hospice, one thinking about dying at mile 20 was not where I wanted to think about that. yeah. Know. So it's interesting, people who are not runners the aid station don't understand what they're there. They're doing there, and they're a help, and you appreciate it. So they moved it somewhere else at the next time.
1: Yeah, you, you could have, maybe you don't want to have a funeral home that will sponsor maybe or at the eight station those last three or four miles either, I guess, that's probably. That's correct, yes. <laughs> um, and uh, do you have any unusual places? I mean, obviously, folks that are maybe new to marathoning or have done, you know, dozens or hundreds like you, you know, any ones that stick out to you that are just like unusual or they're like, hey, if you're going to, if you want to go to one particular one that's that stands out, maybe try this one.
0: Well, like I say, this, Albany is a good one. Myrtle Beach is a good one. The wind can be an issue in places just like it was this week at the Big Beach. The course was great. If if the last three miles they'd have turned it back on the, on the uh, greenway, it would have been tremendous times for everybody. But once you got out on the wind against that strong wind, it was tough. Mm-hmm. So some people look like Philadelphia Marathon people like to go because it's downhill and they go there to qualify for Boston. And Boston's a great marathon, but The Atlanta Marathon that they always did Thanksgiving Day was actually tougher than Boston, and it was a great course. And you finish in the stadium. Uh, The uh, San Antonio Marathon, you finish in the Alamo Dome. You're on the big screen when you come in. People can see you. Uh, My daughter ended up moving to Fargo, North Dakota, and got married there. They they graduated from North Dakota State. So when we did the Fargo Marathon in the Fargo Dome, same thing. You come around the building, you come in, you're on the big screen. People look all around the building, can see you finishing on the big board and that kind of thing. And, and that was kind of special for me to finish at Fargo Dome where she had been a college graduate there where her, we were there for her graduation at the dome, the same place. So there's a number of things like that you can do in different places. Like say Salt Lake City, they bus you, you start at the top of the mountain and somebody took a picture looking at the facing the runners, well behind us, the sun is coming up and a beautiful sunrise and it shows the silhouette of the runners in there, it was a great picture. And you run downhill for 16 miles, zigzag downhill. Wow. And some runners fuss because they didn't like going downhill for 16 miles. Of course, the wheelchair fellow did it, it set a record going, <laughs> zooming down the hill back and forth for 16 miles in a hurry. But they finished around in the Salt Lake City Marathon. The Desiree Classic is on Founders Day. It's always July 24th, which is the Utah's founding day. It's a big holiday. The parade's a couple hours long. We finished alongside the parade. Uh, with about a half mile to go run alongside them and turn off which was difficult at mile 25 having to run because there's a people crowd watching you and you can't walk any right there but it's a great parade but my wife went with me one year and and they were able to watch the parade and enjoy all the conestoga wagons and all the things it was a great event to be there and just as i participate in the georgia grand prix it's called run and see georgia there are five K's all around the state and they want you to see the state of Georgia to see places yep. You get a craft show and you go and visit and you get admission to that. And you, you see all parts of Georgia that people have never seen. Uh, I've done 23 different marathons in Georgia, but I've also done runs in over 90 counties in Georgia. Georgia's got 150 counties, but you see places that, you know, you live down the road, you've never been there and you go and do a marathon there and or five K and uh, we go somewhere and my wife says, well, I? I know that we did a run right over there. We did a run right over here. So I know my way around the state very well. But you get to see people in different parts of the state and see things that are interesting that you hear about. Well, I like to go there sometime. You never go because you're off on long distance. So the run in see Georgia is a great series of runs, along with the Clover Glove series, which is the money goes to the 4-H and then the Classic Race Services at Athens is it a great running series and you get points for running different ones and do that. But again, they're called runs. You just more for participation and not for racing. The Atlanta track club is for the racers and the stars and uh, they, they get fewer points, but they're, they're in racing and they go around the country representing Atlanta and do a good job. And there, there's some star runners there. So it's great. The places you get to see and the people you meet next Saturday, I'll be doing the run in Mississippi in Greenville, Mississippi. they bus you across the Mississippi river You run 13 miles in Arkansas, across the bridge, a mile and a half bridge, and then 13 in Mississippi. But it's the best view you'll ever get of the Mississippi River when you walk, go running or walking across. Because in a car, you can't see it. The rails and all are blocking. When you're running, you can look down in the water. And it's a mile and a half bridge because of the delta, for the overflow, the the busy times of the river. So you can look down and see trails and creeks and animals. And then you see the, the swirls across the river itself and the barges and a great view of the Mississippi river, which is a great location. Same with, i uh, we've done the marathon in St. Louis to go St. Louis and you there by the arch and you see the river and you see the history in our country and, and what it can be. So it's some great places just doesn't take much looking to, to find a lot of, a lot of opportunities to places to run and to see parts of our country. It's a beautiful country and God made a beautiful world. And uh, it's great to be a part of it and see his handiwork and the things he's done and the things he's done for us.
1: Absolutely. And you were talking about Boston. So have you qualified for Boston? Has it been two or three times that you've run that?
0: I've run it twice. I ran it the first year and then I went back the second year. because My friend qualified and I went back with him. I've qualified other times, but uh, uh, there's lots of other marathons I'd rather be doing
1: yeah there you go all right and you were talking about you know god's handiwork and how you know you uh have been in uh done this ministry that you've been a part of i believe for more than four decades as the director of gospel ministries to children of north georgia tell me more about that you know kind of why you do it and the purpose behind you know the the organization of the ministry
0: all right we were originally child evangelism fellowship and it's changed the gospel ministries to children Uh, We've done it 47 years here in the work here. When we moved here, there was nothing going on as far as the children's ministry, and we started the the work as far as this area. And so we worked in North Georgia, fairs and festivals and craft shows. I've been over 100 churches, had a program. I've got a puppet that I call Toby, and I've been over 100 churches in this this area with a, a Bible message or visiting Bible school or children's church or Sunday school or doing special programs, special outreach. We had a church just south here, and we finished at one of the festivals. They came up and said, would you come to our church festival? And they had an activity on Saturday afternoon, a little country church, a handful of uh, great little kids. And they just, the church that nobody knew about ran about 25 or 30. But we had like 100 kids come into the clubhouse on that afternoon for the festival. And so it's a chance to share God's word with boys and girls from around. One man asked me at one of the fairs, "Do do you accomplish anything? I said, well, the boys and girls in our world today, many of them don't know anybody cares about them. They're musical chairs with the parents. They've been with three to four different families, and they're this one for a while, and then they're pastor that one, and and then foster homes and all kinds of things, and we're able to tell them God loves them and cares about them, and he cares what happens to them, that they're special, they're important, and and they need to know Jesus and who he is, somebody that cares about them and will always care about them and will always love them. and it's a great opportunity to share God's word. We have We've had thousands of kids come in the clubhouse. When you do six or seven fairs, we do a, two or three thousand a year. We'll come into the clubhouse and hear the message. And I've got now where uh, they're bringing in their children and they're bringing in grandchildren. And They're telling their grandchildren. I, when I was your age, I came in here to hear the story. This the same man telling me the story. And people tell you, you know, it's, it, it's nice to see you year after year continuing on the faith. And you're still here and you're still sharing the word of God. And uh, it's fun to tell boys and girls that God loves them and cares about them. And tell them the message of Jesus, what Jesus done for them when he died on the cross to make a way for them to get to heaven and they can know the way. And, and many of them, the target, of course, is many that don't go to church or aren't taken to church. We have some that aren't allowed to go to church. And so we share the word with people out there where they are to share the message. And uh, it's great to hear stories that come back. Uh, one fellow told me that uh, this year, he said that 40 years ago when we were in the fair in, in Dalton, he said he and his sister used to hang around the clubhouse all the time during they'd come to the fair, but they spent a lot of time there and loved coming in to hear the story. And they came in every year. He says, I'm a pastor now. He said, years later, he said, that might not have been the reason, but that added to what I was doing. So you get a chance to see God at work and people tell you that they were saved in there or you saved me. I said, well, I didn't save them, but I told them how to get saved and a chance to share with them that, that they can do it there and they can do it. Because many of them aren't able to go to church or don't know somebody and, and they've never heard and are willing to hear and want to know. So it's a real privilege to, to share the gospel with boys and girls. And uh, many men and women come in who didn't necessarily want to. But when their five-year-old or six-year-old or eight-year-old wants them to come in, they'll come in and hear the story. Many dads have come in with a little one, didn't want to, but they heard the message. And that's what we want people to hear the word of God and and give them an opportunity to accept Christ as their personal Savior.
1: Now, is Toby a, 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 a puppet that you created or designed or somebody else did? And you, I mean, you do the voice at all? or He's a ventriloquist dummy, is the official title.
0: And when I started this years ago, so many people
1: inquired to go by initials. I've
0: got a friend at church. His name is EL. On his birth certificate, it EL Ray. And I said, people that went by initials, so. Uh, uh, I called him Toby, his initials are T-O-B-I, which is Toby, but his full name is Thaddeus, Obadiah, Bartholomew, Isaiah. Mm. If I called him Paul, to some people that's a Bible name, Thomas just a name, but Toby is the one with the long Bible name. So they remember Toby and has the Bible message that when they've seen Toby, they know he's the, the Bible character, they know that. I don't do a Bible story with Toby, I do Bible illustrations and do examples of the story with Toby. But again, I, I was in the school for over 40 years telling the Christmas story and the Easter story, and thousands of kids heard heard the message of, of Christ. But they remember, they'll see me, and I'll go in the grocery store in line with my wife, and somebody say, are you the one? And they'll hold their hand up and say, that does the, the little man with Toby? And they remember Toby. And so again, they remember Toby as the one with the long Bible name that told them about God, that God loved them and cared about them. And uh, it's a great opportunity. Our local paper is twice a week. So, the Wednesday paper for over 30 years, I've written an article, Toby says, for the boys and girls each week. And I always tell people if you get it down low enough for the boys and girls, even mom and dad will understand to get the message.
1: Yeah. yeah. This is, a, this is a, the uh, Calhoun Times. Is that right? The newspaper? Yes.
0: yes, correct.
1: Great, great. And so, do some of these folks that are in these churches, or that you come across over ministry, do they know that, that George is also, um, you know, the top marathon runner in Georgia? Is that something that they're like, that, that you're, they're like, wow, you're what, what are you doing? You're crazy for doing all these races. you know? Yes.
0: yes uh, people do. If you, if you're around people very long, they'll, they'll find out you're a runner. It doesn't take long. Runners share just like we share the word of God. We, we talk about running and and uh, they'll ask about that. And it's a great opportunity like say, uh, the newspaper several years ago did an article about the marathons and what I've run and that kind of thing. Uh, so people know me as as the runner. I've been out around town. So they know they see there's George. He's out there running. They know it's OK where it is. <laughs> but where, exactly. where I haven't been out there for a while. So the biggest shock, of course, when I had a heart attack, everybody was surprised of all people to have a heart attack. That guy who runs
1: all the time. But
0: yeah, too many, too many French fries
1: many <laughs> French you gotta carve up though so yeah. and, and speaking of the marathon which obviously you've done that enough to kind of like maybe have deep thoughts about this distance this race do you think you know in terms of the marathon you know the ups and downs during those you know three to seven hours it takes to run it that it's it correlates with life with faith in God and kind of the maybe the ups and downs you go through even just during that one race?
0: Sure, yes, you do. Yeah, sometimes if things are going good and everything's fine and some aren't, and like when I do on a Sunday marathon, like we did this week, I, I don't try to, I try to do others, but if I do a Sunday run, that's a great time. If I'm out there by myself, especially you get out there at times and I'll, I'll pray for the Sunday school or our church or our pastor when he's preaching and those kind of things. But like I say, then sometimes a witness to you, but you just see, well, there's some struggle here. This is a difficult time. Well, you just keep going. And you learn that you go and, you know, this is hurting and people will tell you, well, I'm hurting this. And they'll ask you, what do you do about this injury? Because you're a runner, they'll say, well, how about this? Or my foot hurts or my leg hurts, or what do I do? And you can give them some encouragement and things to do and uh, learn to do some of the things yourself as well when you have problems and issues and uh, that it does make a difference. And you can be there again to help people. I'm not a doctor, but I've run across many different injuries and you learn what to do and uh, how to deal with it and what to do. But You deal with issues and running, you keep going. Like I said, if you get done with the marathon, did anything hurt? Said no. Well, about mile three, my heel hurt a little bit. Well, about mile eight, my knee hurt a little bit. About mile 12, I had no trouble with my back. No, nothing hurt at all.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, usually you, you kind of question your decisions in life. Sometimes those last five or six miles, but then like, you know, 30 minutes or an hour after the race, you're like, okay, so what's next? You know, it's kind of that, uh, that you know, yin or yang, right?
0: Right. You just, you keep going. You say, well, it was, this one was a tough course. And that wasn't, I did the one in Ennis, Montana, which if you look at the map, it's about 40 miles west of Yellowstone. So it's where Montana dips down a little bit. We start at 9,000 feet and when they get there on the bus, they take you up in the mountain and there's, there's no street signs. You just have to know where you're going. So one bus was following the other one, Pete Runner's going up there and they didn't know uh, the second bus didn't know where it was. We came across a sign. It said, stay, private property, stay on the road, next seven miles. So we rode seven miles, and i we say miles up there to get there. The course was at the top of the mountain was such that if you, you picture old ranches where people own hundreds of acres, and if you took a basketball and threw it down the side, it would go a mile before it even slowed down, just going down the side of the mountain. So some places you wanted to be careful where you walked and what you did. Up there, there was a problem with horseflies, and uh, you can't get away from a horsefly. And when they bite, they draw blood. Yeah. And you're just stuck and on a gravel road, that big gravel, so steep downhill that you couldn't run because it was so steep. You had to be careful walking downhill. And if somebody did it in seven hours, they did good. And it, it was out in the dust and dirt and high altitude and quite a challenging. And one fellow liked it so well, he tried to get him to do a double, do a Saturday and a Sunday run there. And I told him, you're welcome to do it. I'm not going to do the second time, much less a second one on the second day. <laughs> uh, but it was a, a challenging situation with altitude and rocks and gravel and things. And you think, well, you got it done. You look back and said, I did it. And you accomplished it. There's a run up in uh, Cookville, Tennessee, they call the blister in the sun on uh, August 1st, or whatever happens to be right there, the first Saturday in August. And It lives up to its name. It's a blister and a first. And the guy tells you, hey, this is going to be a tough course. You know, don't come if you don't want to face the challenge. But if you want to challenge yourself, go out and do it. And you can do what you can do. And sometimes people drop out. But most people even struggling, will finally finish one way or the other. Even if the the time runs out, they'll still try to finish and to do it. And again, it's like life. You, You face some tough situations. Well, you know, God's going to be with you and you're going to get through it. And he can take care of it. If he put it there, you face it. And if he takes it away, you think, thank you that he moved it and what it's going to be. And days when you don't feel like running, uh, you go. And a lot of times at mile five and six, you're just kind of like, okay, well, let's get through this couple miles and things get better. But life is that way, too. Like you say, the Lord's with you all the way and whatever goes on and he's going to be there for you. He doesn't necessarily make it easy. Uh, but he makes it where you can trust him and learn to depend on him and say, you know, he did some good things and what happened and he, he takes care of us and it's great to watch him work and to see what he does and, and to hear from other runners what God's done for them, as they tell you testimonies of things that God's done in their life and how he's answered prayers and uh, he continually do the, does those things for each one of us over and over again.
1: Yeah. And, and, and listeners, listeners can teach something as well, for sure. Uh, and before I forget, um, and, and and this, uh, you know, for especially people that are listening that are runners, we know about, you know, PR is a, a common term, you know, your personal best, um, you know, for that maybe distance. So for you, what is your fastest marathon and when, how old were you when you did that one? I
0: ran a 315 marathon at Chickamauga. Many, many years ago. I had somebody last year ask me if I was going to get a PR. I said, if it's 75, I can get a PR. There's something wrong. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so now are you, what is, what's your normal time now for running a marathon?
0: Last year for the regular marathons, I ran between 5, 20 hour, five hours and 20 minutes and 5 hours and 30 minutes. A couple a gotcha. little faster and a couple a little slower, depending on the conditions. Uh, but I, I shoot for a five and a half hour marathon at this point. I did the Journey's Marathon, which is the top of Wisconsin. It's at the end of the interstate, a beautiful area. It was in uh, just before Memorial Day, and it was a great place. And uh, I, they had a six-hour cutoff marathons. Many of them have a six-hour cutoff. And I finished in five and a half hours, and I was last by 15 minutes. Usually when there's a six-hour cutoff, there's people pushing to try to make the cutoff. Uh, but this one, the 5.15, the guy in front of me, and I was 5.30 left, so I was happy with 5.30. But it was a beautiful place to run, right at the top of Wisconsin, almost into Canada, right? Last exit on the interstate, and they called it the Journeys. It was a gorgeous area. It's just north of the place called the Dells, which the northern people, the Dells is Gatlinburg. So the, in Georgia, we think of Gatlinburg. Up there, the Dells is where they go for the, the special weekend. So we were just north of there a great location a lot of things there we took a boat ride and they have the duck boats and things like that but it was a beautiful part of the country up there
1: and you know a lot of folks listening may you know may have this question in their minds I'll ask it why why do this many marathons why continue doing it in your mid-70s is there a for you like a um, what's your motivation to kind of keep doing these races
0: well, an example is you saw Saturday afternoon at the meeting of the 50 state people to hear the testimonies of those people from all over the country, meeting friends that you know, people that are hundreds of miles away, but they're good friends. You walk up and people like you talk to all the time. You just enjoy the visit. To do a 5K, for example, we've got we usually have a group that meets and we we meet here and we go somewhere. If you get in the car and ride for a half hour, you're there a half hour before the marathon or a 5k, you're standing around and talk and visit, you run with some people you know, you stand around a half hour afterwards by the time they finish and give out the awards and by another half hour home. So you take a three hour time period with good friends and folks and, you know, a half hour that's running your marathon and or running a 5k. So you get to meet people, like I say, meeting people from all over the country. And you enjoy hearing stories of people and, and sharing the time with folks and what they can do. And, uh, it's just great to be a part of a group like that. And you look forward to say, well, I haven't seen them in a while. How have you done? And you catch up with news on people. But it's, it's just you enjoy doing it and being a part of that group. It's, it's fun to be there and to do those things.
1: And so I'm mean, i sure maybe when you were a young man, this was not in your mind to run 500 marathons, but, <laughs> uh, so what is your, you have a goal now? Like, okay, I want to be still running when I'm 80 or, or 90 or, 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 or it's kind of like you kind of take it as it comes. You
0: take it as you come. I don't have anything. Well, I've got the, the one scheduled in March at Albany and then I scheduled the new England challenge, which is six races in six days and six states in new England in May. But otherwise, I haven't signed up for any runs yet. I will Um, just kind of wait to see what happens and where we go and what's going on. My grandson's getting married and I'm hoping he's getting married where there's a marathon nearby. We can go.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's great. That's great. I'm sure your family's used to this by by now for sure. And, you know, you were talking about prayer earlier. Uh, I, I, I typically close, you know, all my, um, um, podcast episodes, uh, with a prayer. So if you don't mind, I'd love for you to, to pray us out.
0: That's great. I, I'm glad to do that. Talk to the Lord special. So dear God, we thank you that you love us and you care for us. Thank you for giving us so many beautiful places to see and do giving us the strength to participate in so many various activities, to meet so many wonderful people that you got your people around the country and around the world that we can share and visit with them. Thank you for those that have put this activity together that we can share and those that are listening and see it. Pray that we might be encouraged at what you're doing and what you do for us and that you care about us. When we're doing good or doing bad, you're still there for us. You're our friend and you care what happens to us every day of the life. And you watch over us every step of the way. Thank you for Jason and his ministry. And thank you for the ministry of gospel ministry to children. Pray you'll touch hearts and lives and work in a special way. Go before
1: us and prepare us now. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 And it's and you know it's inspirational. Your you know your ministry you know for many decades and and the, your running adventures and so uh, we appreciate all that you do. Uh, you know for um, for Georgia for the world for the running community and and uh, I know you, you probably need to get a run in pretty soon or your wife was gonna you know maybe if you're in a bad mood or something I know she's gonna send you out right
0: right well I have to share one other story. When I'm doing 210 runs last year, I do have plenty of T-shirts.
1: Yes. People
0: say, what do you do with your shirts? Well, our church runs around 150, and we run around 170. On Wednesday night, we bring in four van loads of boys and girls, musical chairs with the families. So twice a year, I'll give out about 100 shirts. So when I go to a run, I'll order a shirt, and I'll say, it's "Just you small. And they'll say, are you small, but you're 70. Yes, are you small. And they'll hold up. It won't fit you. I said, I know that. So, I, I get assorted sizes and small, medium, large, and extra large, and all kinds. And I'll take bags of shirts and I'll start with the preschool class and let them pick a shirt and then work my way up. And they get to pick a shirt to see them next Wednesday night wearing the shirt from the run uh, is, is fun to see. They're proud of getting a shirt and they're going to they wear it in the 5K or whatever. And they'll get a red one or a blue one, or they like the green, or like the Ocala Marathon's got a big horseshoe and a horse on it. And the girls love the horses. So, the kids, the van kids, you see them coming in in a t shirt that you gave them, it's a special out- outreach for that to do. And to show them we care about them, and uh, that's great to see. So, I get shirts of all sizes, and I've had race directors call me on multiple occasions saying, You ordered a youth shirt. Do you want that? Is that right? I'm, yes. Well, we're just checking to make sure. But I said, It's fun to be able to have a big bag of shirts and hand them out to the kids and let them pick one they want. Here's a group. Just pick a shirt you like and they'll do and they'll fight over a particular one or change their mind. But uh, but it's something to do with the shirts that it's great opportunity to share again to show people God cares about you, these people we notice you kids and this is something you'd have and you give them to everybody and they're included and they take it and some of them really appreciate them so much more than others. So it's glad to be able to do that. So that's that's a fun thing I get to do with the t-shirts anyway. If you want to know what to do with your extra t-shirts
1: yeah. Amazing example of what you can do with something like that. And that kind of brings new meaning to, uh, you know, giving someone the shirt off your back. I mean, you, you, it won't fit you, but you know, in, in some sense. So, uh, well, thanks so much, George. I appreciate your time. It was great to meet you in person. I'm sure I'll run across you at a future marathon. I, I do, uh, about four to five a year. So I'll, I'll, uh, I know you, you, uh, you do about 10 times that, but, uh, you, you're impressive.
0: So you can step up and do a few more with me. Now, if you do it every two months, you don't have to do much training. That's right. That's right. In
1: shape, Go ahead and do them. That's smart. That's smart. All right. Well, thanks so much, George. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you. Appreciate your work.
1: And, uh, you know, I've, uh, he's been in featured in several articles, but George, you know, just a great, humble, kind guy who impressive running, uh, for the last several decades, and he's continuing doing it. I mean, if I'm still doing that at 75 years old, I will be extremely happy. Um, he says if you want a little taste of running, he recommends watching the movie McFarland, starring Kevin Costner as a cross-country coach uh, with a, a group of misfits uh, based on a true story. And he said in one article that he wrote, uh, an editorial, he said, God has introduced us to many Christians running, watching, and traveling along the way It's always encouraging to meet Christians from other parts of the country. We serve a great God, indeed we do, George. So thank you so much for all that you do. Uh, Down turning to our final segments of the podcast, including uh, some food for thought of a woman who who had her own heart issues and uh, kept running afterwards. And also uh, we look to the tennis world for some inspiration. And this article from NBC Washington is titled "Maryland Woman and Surgeon Run Marathon Together After Heart Transplant." That's right, you heard George talk about him having a heart attack and having to take you know months off uh, before he could start resuming running all these marathons again. Well, this woman from Maryland, uh, she competed in a marathon after recovering from a heart transplant and uh, brought her surgeon along for it as well. So it's a remarkable story. Um, She said uh, that, you know, she was an avid runner. And one day she said, you know, she kind of felt like her heart was kind of beating funny, thought it was caffeine, was going to maybe hold off on the coffee a little bit. Well, it turns out that Jade Kelly had giant cell myocarditis, which is a rare and life-threatening heart disorder. And doctor said she needed a heart transplant. So Dr. Ezequiel Molina, a cardiac surgeon at MedStar Washington Hospital Center in D.C., uh, did that procedure uh, back in the year 2020. Uh, the operation was very challenging, they say. And she actually spent several months in the hospital after the transplant, including during uh, COVID lockdown. And she pretty much had to learn to re-walk again, learn, relearn how to walk again. She said she was extremely weak, had lost a lot of muscle mass. and um, But doctors say it was remarkable, uh, you know, her recovery. And once she got home, she wanted to compete again. This time, she wanted her surgeon to join her. So they spent months training. And this past November, finished their first half marathon together, crossing the finish line in hand. Um, Well, they crossed the finish line hand in hand, surgeon and patient uh, from that heart surgery. And uh, he actually said, Melina said, that uh, she saved his life because, you know, in the middle of that COVID pandemic, they're stressed out, working a ton of hours, dealing with sick patients and stressful operations, and he hadn't really been taking care of himself. Um, and uh, Kelly, she said she's not done yet. Her ultimate goal is to be the first woman with a heart transplant to ever compete in an Ironman. She wants to inspire others maybe to uh, become an organ donor or donate blood, uh, whereas Dr. Molina said he still runs and actually did a marathon with his wife. So remarkable story out of the D.C. area. And also remarkable are the talents of a uh, tennis pair that are going to be featured in uh, today's parting gift for you. Uh, You know Venus and Serena Williams. In fact, there was a a movie that I'd love to see soon. Uh, I think it's uh, out of theaters now, but called King Richard, uh, about the uh, dad and coach played by Will Smith of uh, sisters Serena and Venus Williams. Well, here's a quote from Venus Williams who says, you have to believe in yourself when no one else does. That makes you a winner, right there. That's right. Believe in yourself, you know, whatever it takes to do that. And uh, George Southgate definitely believes in himself, believes in God, who is going to really give us the strength to do things that are miraculous and uh, mind-boggling in some ways, especially at his age. So uh, thanks thanks to Venus Williams. Uh, who, she, she didn't come on the podcast, but she did give us uh, the parting gift, some inspiration. And George gave us the closing prayer. So again, thank you so much for joining us for Run the Race, which uh, it, it would really help us out. If you go to the bottom of the uh, Apple page on the Apple Podcast app, And for the Run the Race page, and you can go down to all, after all the episodes, and there's a spot at the bottom there where you can write a quick review. Give us five stars if you like it. Give them a few sentences about what you like or don't like about uh, what we talk about on here and our extraordinary guest talking about fitness and faith. And we have... A really, really remarkable uh, episode next week that uh, kind of falls in line with Valentine's Day. Uh, Really one of the most amazing love stories uh, for each other and for God. Uh, This uh, couple, that uh, two of my favorite people in the entire world, Pastors Ron and Suzanne Cox, and uh, they just have an incredible story you are not going to want to miss next week on Run the Race. So uh, you guys have a great rest of your week, all right?